Madeline, and we are sipping Labrador tea under, or spilling Labrador tea <laughs> under cedar trees. <laughs> Already got this going. Yeah, and we are here on Lekwungen traditional territory, both pretty much raised here and uh, happy to be with you today. Ah, do you want me to get us started or do you want to start? You can start. You're the oldest. Oh, okay. So, Uluku Lespiangava, Nana Kamilagata, Nana Tiach, Eva Adams. I am Caitlin. My traditional name is Alyssa P. My grandma is Eva Adams Klassen, and I am from Kujak, Quebec, with ties to Nunavut and living here on Lekwungen territory. Uh, and we thought this would be a fun project to work on together. We're besties, we're roommates, and now we're podcast buddies. <laughs> Uh, Gwei Daluisi uh, Madeline. Uh, hello, my name is Madeline. I am Mi'kmaq on my mother's side and French Canadian on my father's side. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to be sharing uh, our creation stories from both of our sto- uh, territories, and then we're going to share how we got here on the West Coast. Alrighty, so coming to you from the north, uh, we have lots of stories of how Inuit came to be. There's stories about how we are giants' descendants, and there's stories of how we are Earth children. So I think I like the Earth children story best. The story is, uh, imagine what the Earth is like a long time ago. Many things were different back then. If we listen to Inuit storytellers, we will learn that there were a few Inuit living on the land. And in those times, but those ancient days were a long time of, of magic. And if we were told the stories, the land gave birth to children. These children were found in the ground and were adopted by the people who happened upon them. These children were sometimes called, oh, I'm going to butcher, my Nuktitu is so bad. Nuna uh, Minagut, <laughs> meaning from the land. The children helped Inuit increase in number. They were just like any other human beings, but with a deeper connection to the land. I think that's really beautiful. And uh, something to, pun intended, ground us <laughs> in our conversation. Do you want me to tell my next? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm reading mine because I'm a terrible Mi'kmaq child and uh, did not remember the creation story by heart. All right. So after the Mi'kmaq uh, world was created and after the animals, birds, and plants were placed on the surface, creator caused both... Uh, a bolt of lightning uh, to hit the surface of oh, my Mi'kmaq is also terrible. <laughs> uh, Usikamu, uh, which is the earth. Uh, this bolt of lightning caused the formation of an image of a human being. Uh, it was Glusclaps, cla- uh, first shaped out of the basic element of the Mi'kmaq world, sand. Uh, creator unleashed another bolt of lightning, which gave life to Glusclap. But he could not yet move. He was stuck to the ground, watching the world go by. And uh, Naguset travel across the sky every day, which is the sun. His head was facing the direction of the rising sun. His feet were in the direction of the setting sun. His right hand was pointed to the north, and his left hand was pointed to the south. Glooscap watched the animals, the birds, and the plants grow and pass around him. Uh, he asked um, the uh, Gisog... Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Translation. <laughs> Gisug, which is uh, the one who made everything, um, to give him freedom to move about the Mi'kmaq world. 
So it was that third blast of lightning that came that caused Glooskap to come free and to be able to stand on the surface of the earth. And that is how the Mi'kmaq people came to be. That's so cool. I am from lightning and sand. You are from lightning and sand. And I am from dirt in the ground. <laughs> we both come from the earth element. That's true. We do. I think that's often a tie through most of nations across Canada. Somehow we came out of the land. Well, should we share of how <laughs> we found each other? I guess so. <laughs> uh, we met at Camosun College. Uh, I was in my second year of college and I was taking Indigenous studies and uh, I was really bad in English class. <laughs> Still am. I take it three times. No shame. I'm sorry. I couldn't help. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was my first year of college. So I was a fresh young baby in the new adult world. Um, and yeah, this girl just came and sat by me and she's like, we're going to be friends. And I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and then she corrupted me from there on. And now... You're stuck living with me. I am. Um, yeah, Madeline and I met in the Indigenous Studies program at Camosun, and uh, I am very much an extrovert, and I tell people when we're going to be friends, uh, and I have no regrets. Me neither. I mean, <laughs> I probably would have never approached you, so <laughs> glad somebody took that step. Yeah. But I uh, I think we should share where how we got here. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. As I said earlier, I'm Inok on my dad's side. Um, my dad's from Kujak. And my grandma, Eva, uh, moved from Kuj to Churchill, Manitoba um, in her late teens, early 20s. Uh, that's what I hear. And uh, she had my dad. And my dad was adopted when he was about four. And uh, his adopted story changes on each relative you ask how he got adopted out. But um, he was adopted by folks who are not Indigenous, and so this was the time of the 60s scoop. And uh, the folks who adopted my dad uh, were very much involved in the church um, and were social workers back in the day as well. And they thought their home, Victoria, Lekwungen Territory, would be a good place to raise my dad. Um, so my dad moved out here when he was four, and... I uh, went to St. Andrews, um, and then uh, my mom is quite a bit younger than my dad. My mom, I think, is seven years younger, and uh, my dad used to hang out with my mom's older brothers and get into all sorts of trouble, and uh, then they met, and uh, they had me, so my mom had me when she was 21, um, and been here ever since. Look at that. Well, I've been a few places in between. Just, but just a few. Just a few. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, um, the funny connection between the two of us that we've found later in life is that both of our parents are part of the 60s scoop, which was um, kind of crazy to learn. Yeah. Um, for mine, uh, we'll start from like my mom's side. Um, she was... Born in Nova Scotia or uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, um, to my grandmother, who uh, was actually married to a white man. Um, but she had a bit of a, a love affair with a 
another <laughs> Mi'kmaq man from New Brunswick. And that's how my mom came to be. Um, unfortunately, my uh, Niskamich on my mom's side, which is my grandfather, um, ended up passing away before my mother was born. And so my grandma had to make that hard decision um, on whether or not she was going to keep my mom. Um, and unfortunately, her husband at the time convinced her to give my mom up. So my mom was put into the foster care system, and not long after being there, um, my gra- or my grandparents, adoptive grandparents, um, decided that they wanted to have adopt a little girl, and uh, they found my mom. Um, my papa is uh, was in the navy at the time, so they uh, weren't they didn't stay very long, and they ended up getting um, shipped to uh, Victoria, and that's how my mom ended up being here, and she was she's lived here almost her entire life up until uh when I was born um my mom ended up having a my older sister when she was in high school with um her high school sweetheart at the time um and then three years later I came along with uh my dad and uh and and then two other siblings came along (laughs) after that uh and yeah, we moved around a bit, but when I was seven, we ended up coming back to Victoria, and I've been living here ever since. Yeah. Crazy. It is. <laughs> it really is. Um, I think that a lot of us have the same, similar story. Like, there's a lot of kids out here like us, like, with parents who are from the 60s scoop, and uh, it's tough for them to talk about it. Uh because I don't know about you, but I didn't realize my dad was part of the 60s scoop until I was about 19, 20, and I'm 25 now. So, like, that's a lot to unpack in that short period of time. Um, and just acknowledging the hurt that was done. And then, like, what do you do from here? Yeah. Right? And then that we're also, like, we're both from the east. both from We're both coastal people. Living on a different coast. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that journey to to learn is really like a mountain to climb. It it is. It's crazy. And then the fact that like neither of our parents uh, fully identified in the beginning of with who they were and they had no access to the education to really even learn about their culture and their communities and whatnot and uh, how we've both put in a lot of legwork and um, heart and soul into trying to discover who we are and who our people are mm-hmm. and and therefore teaching our parents and mm-hmm. our siblings and things mm-hmm. like that about it. So <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But it's nice to know that we're not exactly alone. No. Right. We have each other. And there's other folks in community who have to do a lot of the same work too. Yeah. And... I mean, that's why we were doing this in the first yeah. place. <laughs> so people out there who feel like they don't have or their story isn't being told or they haven't found anyone with a similar story that we're out here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we're we're cruising. We're yeah. living life. <laughs> and we're, we're just trying to make sure that, you know, everyone knows that they're not alone and there's community for um, those of us that have been through a similar circumstance. Yeah. So during this time you'll spend with us, we'll be covering various topics that have touched our lives, thoughts, feelings, fun times, laughs. (laughs) (laughs) So 
uh, we'll be talking about different books we've read and how we felt about them. And if 10 out of 10, if we recommend yeah. for you to have on your reading list. <laughs> also just, uh, I mean, I know sometimes there's lack of access to resources or uh, family members don't want to talk about things. So sometimes reading about someone else's story might help uh, you identify with your own story, that kind of thing. Um, we're also going to obviously touch on things like uh, language. Um, and as we are both uh, displaced <laughs> indigenous urban youth, I, I don't know how else to put it, uh, just seeing what the impacts of that are on um, our learning journeys for ourselves and things like that. Yeah, our whole identities, urban-based indigenous women and what our experiences is navigating this whole system lack of lack of uh access to language uh education around ceremony and culture uh food (laughs) country food no access to any of that yeah um yeah it's uh it's gonna be a variety of things and uh we hope that everyone kind of enjoys what we have to say and uh at some point we're gonna have other people come in and share their stories and all of that jazz turning into a family affair with our sisters wanting to join <laughs> mention a podcast and like oh yeah i've been wanting to do a podcast too <laughs> oh how interesting <laughs> get out of here yeah leave my clothes alone <laughs> i think something we could also talk about too is music and what music has like impacted us and maybe has told our stories too yeah Definitely. And uh, maybe films and TV Mm -hmm. shows as well. There's Mm -hmm. been some really great things that have come out recently where um, our stories might not have been identified before, but they're definitely starting to be a thing now. Yeah. So thanks for joining us and we hope you enjoy. And Multis and we'll see you later. See you later.